You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. everybody and welcome to the Health Hub. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host Kathy Biasi and I'm here with our producer Alex. Alex Diaz, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Kathy. Good Can morning you... to you and our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning to you. Can you believe all the rain we've had? I know it's it's been uh, it's been quite incre- incredible trying to avoid the rain for sure. It's been quite an effort. <laughs> it even rains when it's sunny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen so many rainbows. It, it, it's, it's been really, really something for sure. It, I can't remember as much rain um, as we've had. And I think that's why allergies. I, I know last week I was having a bit of an allergy issue, but I right. think that's I think why the allergies. Mention it. You did mention it yeah. last week, yeah. And, and the summer is so short. You know, you, you expect June to be a nice month. I think we've how many handful of nice days have we had? Time flies so quickly in the summertime. It, it's, it's fall before you know it. So, you know, we need to pack these good days in. I can't... Um, I had I had a dose of time flying over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So my daughter, who is graduating grade twelve, finished her last piano lesson. Okay. She has finished. She's finishing her last exam today. So I, I'm really I I really do do get the concept of time flying uh, this last little while. I'm we had just curious is your is your daughter also doing any grades in piano as well or just, just in terms of schooling? Yep, she finished her piano. Uh, she she did up to grade three in conservatory. She didn't like it. She does a program called the Suzuki, or she did a program now called Suzuki Piano. Okay. Um, had the same teacher throughout the 12 years. Fabulous. But she, she only got up to the third grade and she did that very young and it was, it was very hard. It's a, it's a taxing thing. So I wanted her to enjoy piano right? and this was a struggle for her. So we just kept, kept to the regular lessons. So hopefully she'll continue with it. She wasn't too fond of the lessons. But, I know, uh, I know for me, um, I'm kind of born into a musical family. My dad used, used to play the guitar for the, for our family band and also my granddad on my mom's side used, used to play the violin and uh, I myself uh, played the trombone oh. throughout high school and also joined the uh, Mississauga Youth Orchestra. And for me, I started with the piano when I was y- very younger, very much younger. But um, for me, that was a struggle as well. You didn't but like I, it? But I do have the passion for, for music, and so it's, it's within me all the time anyway. Well, we have this honking piano that's in our house now that I feel is just going to become a relic because <laughs> I don't know if she'll be playing it too much. My older son around with it. Mm-hmm. We also had um, I had a book club meeting. We have a book club meeting once every six weeks or so. And we were realizing that we were 12 years into this book club. Mm-hmm. So it spanned the, the elementary school year, grade one, straight through to grade 12 of this same daughter who's graduating. I, I, actually, I couldn't believe it. It's, it's, it's amazing how time flies. It really is. We have an interesting show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to Learn a bit about mushrooms, medical mushrooms, specifically shaga. We'll delve into other mushrooms, but our guests today, Blair and Heather, are experts in the chaga mushroom field. So it's going to be very interesting. People have very different concepts when it comes to mushrooms, so we're going we're gonna to delve deep. Um, a little bio on, on Blair and Heather. Blair was suffering from severe anxiety, depression, and heavy metal poisoning, gastrointestinal issues. He had repeated tests, ultrasounds, scopes, and endless blood work. And the doctors still failed to find the root cause of his afflictions. So refusing to take conflicting prescription medication, which was causing even more side effects and complications, he also revealed ultimately, he also was worried about the uh, cancer causing effects of these medications with long-term use. He kept persisting and requested for a more holistic means of treatment. 
And upon receiving a registered letter from his family doctor that he was no longer a patient, Blair felt abandoned by Western medicine. So he was exhausted and defeated and discovered the ability to heal himself with the amazing chaga mushroom. He was astounded by the dramatic results and Blair shared his insights and experience with friends and family who also have experienced profound results. Blair is now free of all prescription medication and no longer suffers from peptic ulcer, anxiety attacks, stress, and depression. His wife, Heather, no longer needs medication for blood pressure, acid reflux, or arthritis. Time and time again, uh, they share their story with others so they can experience the healing effects of the Shaga Mushroom. I uh, met Blair and Heather up in Collingwood in the Collingwood Market. I think I've talked to you guys about that before. Uh, lovely, lovely couple. And after the break, we are going to talk with them, and you're going to learn almost everything you need to know about this amazing mushroom and some other mushrooms as well. So we will be right back to the Health Hub after this break. Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. 
Welcome back, everybody. We are live today, so if your interest is piqued with the Shalga Mushroom conversation going on, or if you have questions for Blair and Heather, please feel free to call us at 416-245-1534, or you can tweet at us at Radio Maria Can or at Kathy underscore Biase. Alex, does everybody hear the music that I'm hearing when... Oh, definitely, yes. Oh, it's so nice. It's so calming. It's very nice. <laughs> Just a little side. Um, welcome, Blair and Heather, to the show. How are you? Very well. Thank you, Kathy. Very good. Awesome. What I didn't do in the introduction is introduce your company name. It's Ananda Shaga. Ananda Shaga. Is that correct? Ananda Chaga. Ananda Chaga. Ananda Chaga. Now, is Ananda your last name or is it something else or just a tongue twister? It it is a tongue twister, but it's also a very uh, historical name. It it means bliss uh, in Sanskrit. Oh, that's really nice. Oh, it's another way of saying happy chaga. Happy chaga. There we go. (laughs) First question asked and answered. You're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we met up at the Collingwood Market. I actually uh, researched these guys and headed up. We have a place in Collingwood as well. What a lovely couple, and they've got a great stand and very... very easy to talk to and so much information. I, I don't know if you remember, I came up with my husband and my father-in-law. And, sure do. Yeah. And so I had got all my information and knew what I wanted to talk about. And my husband stood around and talked to you for another 10 minutes. He was just thrilled. He came home with a card. He says, I have learned so much today. It was great. <laughs> so we're going to impart all that knowledge on everybody else. So how Absolutely. about, yes, and let's start with, um, let's start with what a mushroom is. I think if we start at the very basics, then that'll help build everyone's knowledge. So what, what is a mushroom? Well, basically a mushroom is part of the natural ecological um, cycle of, of nature. And their main job in, in the cycle is to basically reduce or to uh, regenerate uh, plant material back into the earth. So they have a job to do, just like all things in nature. And their job is to recycle things to go back into the back into the earth, and also to clean and remove toxins as well. So they have a long stand uh, standing use of both medicinal properties they used as food, but also have a very important biological function within nature. It's uh, very interesting to note that mushrooms and fun- fungi uh, make up and comprise a- an awful large percentage of the biomass. In, in the forest floors, about 90% of the biomass in nature is actual fungal, fungal threads, mycelium that have a labyrinth of uh, a network underneath the, the earth and help to bring nutrition to other plants and other trees. Uh, they have an incredibly large function in the overall health of nature itself. It's, it's yeah, the, the one thing that you mentioned, and maybe we'll come back to it a bit later, is... They feed on dead material, but obviously when we see what the shaga is, we're going to see that they're also working with live material. So this isn't, a fungus is not a parasite, or would you classify it as a parasite? Well, there's many different types of of fungi. Um, Some of them work uh, in different ways, and some of them do uh, help to disintegrate or help to uh, thrive upon a decaying plant matter, but a lot of them do actually grow on living trees as well, living uh, organisms, and even mushrooms growing on other mushrooms. So there's very uh, a large uh, biodiversity and functionality within nature that fungi serve. And chaga is one of those mushrooms that um, basically feeds upon living trees. So it's actually helping to extend life of the host tree, whereas other medicinal mushrooms, say for comparison, say the reishi mushroom, uh, help to degrade or to disintegrate um, different plant materials or different trees. So the chaga uh, is very unique in the mushroom genus. Uh, its job is to actually prolong and extend life, making it a very unique and different mushroom within the medicinal mushroom classification. Mushrooms are very um, sponge-like, correct? They absorb everything? They are very um, absorbent. They help to, to break down and regenerate things back into the forest cycle. So they, they typically have a reputation of being uh, excellent at absorbing toxins and breaking down uh, things into smaller pieces. So that they, they do absorb PCBs, TNT, uh, herbicides, pesticides. They, they absorb 
uh, a lot of uh, different constituents and break it down into its fundamental parts and make it actually more safe. So they turn toxins into non-toxins. And so, chaga in particular is very good at that, along with other medicinal mushrooms as well. Okay, carrying that thought forward then, um, everyone sees mushrooms at some point in time during the summer growing somewhere. Is that where we'd cross the line into toxic mushrooms? Is it because of things that they may be absorbing? You can't just pick any mushroom up and eat it. Um, no. And is that the reason? That's one of the reasons, and plus also making sure that, you know, if you do decide to harvest mushrooms for medicinal purposes or, you know, for, for a food, you do need to be aware of where the mushroom is growing, what is growing on, and making sure that you're getting the actual right species of mushroom as well, because there's so much diversity in the, uh, the different spectrum of mushrooms that they look very, very similar, and quite often you cannot properly identify a mushroom uh, just by looks alone, you need to take a more detailed analysis, even taking spore prints, which is really the uh, an excellent way of getting deeper into the genus to find out exactly what it is that you're harvesting. Okay, that's another word that kind of eludes me when I try and, and understand it. The spore is similar to um, a different type of plant's seed. Is that how they reproduce? Yeah, most mushrooms, as okay. we know, have gills underneath, and they they have spores um, that basically are the seeds or the the actual um, fruiting body of the mushroom, and that's how it propagates or basically reproduces. Uh, a lot of mushrooms have you know that capability, but there's many different classifications of mushrooms that reproduce in different ways. And chaga being one of them, it's a much more denser mushroom that has a very unique reproductive cycle. So it does uh, as well produce spores, but it does so in a very unique way. Um, so there's a lot of um, uh, different types of mushrooms that reproduce uh, in different ways based on their classification or genus. So you need to be aware of when you do harvest mushrooms, what classification it is in, the time of season, what it's growing upon, where it's picked, uh, all have you know, basically um, would dictate whether it's going to be medicinal or healthy for us. And, you know, in, in some cases, it can be actually unhealthy for us. So we need to be very careful what we harvest or take anything uh, from the forest. So there's no way, unless you are knowledgeable about this, there's no particular characteristic of a mushroom that you would stay away from versus one that you would harvest. We have, we have some, um, on our property, we have a small little forest in the back, mushrooms growing all the time. Is there a characteristic that I'd be looking for or just stay away from them until I know better? Well, until you really have a, a better understanding, you know, if, you, if you're basically harvesting or looking for mushrooms to ingest, you really need to educate yourself first to make sure that you are taking the right type of mushroom. Some mushrooms uh, are very, you know, unique and they have very strong characteristics. But again, they, you can be fooled because other mushrooms, de- depending on the season as well, may actually mimic or even look like other mushrooms that are edible, that are safe to consume. So really, unless you really have a really good, you know, somewhat uh, strong background or good education or even a, a strong reference point, uh, you need to make sure that you are taking the right mushroom before you consume it, just to, just to be safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was telling my kids we were doing a show on mushrooms, you know, their, their, their minds sort of went to the, the, the psychedelic mushrooms that we might be talking about. And that's, that's completely a different realm than we're talking about. You, would you consider those a medicinal mushroom? Or the psychedelic mushroom? Yeah, that's a completely different topic, isn't it? That's a, that would be a different topic, I think. But again, each mushroom has its own uh, characteristics and its own um, different genetic makeup. So they have been used for many different purposes um, uh, throughout history, mostly as a food and as an edible food that has medicinal qualities. Mm-hmm. And just like any other natural foods, um, you know, food is our medicine and medicine is our food. Uh, but we just need to make sure that we're taking the right uh, type for the right purpose so, so that we can get the medicinal healing qualities. When we talked uh, a couple of days ago or yesterday, I think we talked on the phone, you, you had a, a neat word for this forest medicine. And, and I love that. I love, I love that concept of forest medicine. So when we're talking, maybe you can bring in what, what you actually mean by forest medicine in general. But um, let's, let's delve into the chaga because that's what, that's what your specialty is. And that's, that's something that I'm a bit more familiar with than the other mushrooms. Um, 
It grows off of the birch tree, correct? Yeah, jagged does grow on the birch. Uh, it is, a again, a very special classification or genus of mushroom. It does grow on many different types of trees, and that's one of the myths that we try to dispel is you know, it has a, a very uh, well-known reputation of being a birch mushroom, but it does grow on different types of trees. So poplar, beech, aspen, we found chaga on maple, ironwood. Uh, so it is a fungus that is basically attacking the heartwood of the host tree. And really the superstar of the chaga, where it gets its medicine from, is the host tree. So it needs to come from the birch, the white birch or the golden birch, because of its very special medicinal qualities. So chaga becomes a very potent medicine for the human condition because it's taking the medicine of the host tree, uh, in the case of the birch tree, and it converts it into a bioavailable form for us, for our bodies to, to absorb. So again, we need to be aware that if you know we're taking mushrooms from the forest, including chaga, it needs to come from that particular tree. So people taking chaga from, say, uh, uh, an aspen or a poplar tree, which is white and it's very similar in a you know outward appearance, it's not going to have the same medicinal characteristics as a chaga would from a birch tree. So there's a there's a perfect example of you know discernment between you know taking the right type of mushroom, growing from, from the right type of environment, growing the right condition. Okay, now when we talked about the symbiotic relationship with the mushroom and the tree, so the tree is not is not just sucking the or, sorry the mushroom is not just sucking the life out of the tree, correct? They are working together. Well, it's kind of uh, depending on what side of the viewpoint you're looking at, but ch- uh, mushrooms in general have the the typical uh, understanding that it is the job of breaking down the the plant matter to res- turn it back into the life cycle of the forest. Chaga does that in a different way. So what it is actually occurring is when the birch tree or any tree gets injured naturally in the wild, it's usually prone to infection. Uh, Say a a branch is broken off in a windstorm, for example. So what the chaga does is it's basically penetrating that original wound and feeding upon the heartwood of the tree. And as it's basically breaking down uh, the cellulose and, and basically producing the residual lignin and other components, and what it does is that actually regurgitates what's known as a sterile conch, which we know as the mushroom, and it ends up cauterizing or basically almost forming a scab over that original wound. So it actually then helps to protect the tree, warding off infection and other bacteria so that the birch tree can continue to live for as long as up to 20 years. So the lifespan of chaga helps to extend the life of the birch tree for up to, for an additional 20 years, whereas it hadn't, uh, if it hadn't uh, originally formed or infected the tree, then the tree would, would most certainly die within, say, five to seven years due to infection. So it is a delicate symbiotic relationship in that regard. It doesn't affect the Cambrian layer, the actual living uh, portion of the tree. It's feeding upon the heartwood uh, and then converting that and using that as a means of uh, healing the tree so that the fungus can live. So if we use the analogy of a scab, I'm going to assume it's not a healthful thing for the tree just to go up and pull off the shaga mushroom. No, definitely not. And that's, uh, that's another misconception that we try to uh, spread awareness about. People believe that, well, the tree's been infected, it has a chaga, it's going to die anyway. So I'm going to take all the chaga and dig it all out and basically pick off that huge scab, for lack of a better word, um, and it will basically reinfect the tree and it will become uh, infected and, and most, most certainly die. So when we do harvest chaga as part of the natural cycle of the forests, um, we basically remove the chaga but always leave some behind so that original uh, infection or that original wound still remains protected. And if done properly meaning sustainably, uh, then you can actually go back and reharvest chaga from that very same tree up to three times within that 20-year lifespan. That's a very important thing to note. Uh, as, as, you know, as, as these things become mainstream, the danger does lie in the fact that they're harvested poorly, which, yeah, yeah and that, you know, we see that with so many things, you know, even down to stevia, where, you know, in its original state, it was a very healthful plant. And now that it's, it's mass-produced, those health benefits maybe aren't as strong 
as they used to be. So it, it is a good thing for, for our listeners to understand that, you know, things have to be done well. Um, when we come back from our break, you know, maybe I, I would really definitely like to get into the health benefits of of the shy guy. This is what's it's the the crooks of of today's show for people. But it is it is important as we're going through the show for you to understand that what Blair and Heather are doing and in their products, they're very mindful of sustaining you know this this relationship with with the tree and the mushroom. And there is care put into into what they're doing. And also, I just if if I forget when we come back after break, I just want to touch upon the question of different birch trees in different areas of the world and if that would affect um, if that would affect or change the health benefits of different mushrooms. So here, uh, Blair and Heather, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and maybe address that question and really take, um, take a good look at the health benefits of the shaga mushroom and a couple of other mushrooms that we'll talk about as well. So we'll be back shortly. obsession with the things this world says make us happy can't see the slaves we are in all the searching or the grasping like we deserve much more than all these blessings we're holding Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, please call 416-245-1534. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Blair and Heather from Anandai. An- okay, you're going to have to say this for me. Ananda Chaga. Ananda Chaga. For some reason, I want to put that other syllable in there. Ananda Chaga. So before we left okay. for our break, um, I, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the different birch trees and where they're from. We sort of ran out of time. So maybe let's start there. Uh, just before we had one question pop in saying, can you eat them, eat mushrooms off the tree? Now, from what I saw of yours and the products that I've bought, they're as hard as a rock. But I don't know, when you harvest them off the tree, are they hard? They're very hard and dense. They're as hard as the birch tree. Uh, They might be somewhat softer before they're dry because they're very uh, moist. But typically, a chaga is not a mushroom that you use in a culinary sense, meaning you, it's not soft enough or pliable enough to actually eat. And as you mentioned, yeah, it is that it's hard as a rock or as hard as the birch tree. However, you can take the powdered form of the chaga, and that could be used um, either to make tea with, which is the preferred method, but you can take the uh, chaga if it's milled down into a finer powder, and you can use that uh, directly into foods or to sprinkle it, say, into a smoothie. Oh, so that's okay. one way you could use chaga. Do they taste like mushrooms if you do that? I've never done it in a smoothie. Chaga is, uh, has absolutely no taste whatsoever. It's very bland and mild, and the tea itself is very mild and very earthy tasting, but it, too, is not a strong-tasting tea, as you if, as you recall, Kathy, yeah. because you tried it uh, in Collingwood. Yeah. No, I uh, make it, too. Itself, yeah, and you make it as well. Mm-hmm. It's it, it very, very mild and basically has no taste, uh, the actual mushroom itself. Okay, very good. Now, the question that I have for you is, we have birch trees in Canada. I'm assuming we have birch trees all over the world. Which trees, are there certain trees that are from different regions of the world that are more healthful? And we'll get into the health benefits uh, right away. But are there more healthful benefits to certain trees in Russia? I think you said there are trees. Or is it just different health benefits? Yeah, basically, birch trees grow in the uh, all around the world, and chaga does proliferate uh, in the northern hemisphere. And uh, equally, uh, in terms of climate, uh, it very strongly matched in Russia and Siberia. And as we mentioned off offline, that the word chaga is actually a Russian word given to this fungus by shamans in Russia centuries ago. So chaga has been and it continues to be used today quite prevalently in uh, in Russia, where there is a large con- concentration of old-growth birch forests and very, very cold climate, very cold weather, very much so like uh, we have here in northern northwestern Ontario. So chaga tends to grow and proliferate when there's a very harsh, cold, bitterly cold climate. And when there's a large concentration of really old-growth birch trees, you will not find chaga of any uh, substance growing in the southern hemisphere uh, where there are, you know, maybe scatterings of birch. So it really does start to grow around the 45th parallel of the earth and northward. And the further north we go, uh, where there's more uh, bitterly cold winters, chaga tends to thrive. And that's one of the reasons why chaga is so incredibly powerful as a medicine because it's generating more uh, phytonutrients and more basic compounds to protect itself within that harsh environment, making it more medicinal. So you want to take chaga for medicinal properties when it is taken from an environment that has very, very bitterly cold winters, uh, like those that we have in uh, northwestern Ontario, where we also have a very strong uh, populace of really old-growth birch forests that is still, uh, still remain intact to this day. Okay. So then when do you harvest the mushrooms? Is it in the milder seasons after Uh, they've gone through the winter? No, the best time to harvest chaga is when you can find it the easiest, uh, because you can pretty much harvest chaga all year long, except for in the spring when the sap is running, and that could be a bit detrimental to the host tree. But outside of the spring, um, the chaga can be harvested all year long, and typically in the winter months when the foliage is down, it's a lot easier to spot and view, uh, typically because of the dark contrast between the, the white-barked birch. So in the winter months, despite the, the bitterly cold and the difficulty of getting through the forest due to high snow levels, the winter months tend to be the, the most uh, fruitful season to, to harvest chaga. So if someone was going to try this on their own, they have a birch tree, they see the mushroom on there, how would they go about harvesting it? Is it a knife, a saw? How would you do that? You don't just break it off, do you? 
usually the chaga, well, first of all, the chaga has to be coming right from the right tree, the white or the golden birch. Uh, so proper identification of the tree is, is important. And also it has to be the right size. Uh, chaga needs to be uh, of a healthy, mature age or healthy, mature size before it's harvested because of the long growth period. Uh, it has to be at least three to five years old before it should be taken. Otherwise, there's not enough medicinal qualities to really benefit the human condition. So about the size of a really large, uh, say, softball or a very large grapefruit is the very minimum size it should be, but preferably quite larger pieces that have been on the tree for a good 10 to maybe 15 years. Uh, those are the ones that should be taken. And when we take them, we always leave about one to two inches on the tree. So again, we continue to heal or leave that protective barrier so that the tree can uh, continue to grow and thrive and the chaga will regrow as well. So the size of the mushroom and the type of tree and where it comes from, meaning the cold climate, all those are conditions of whether we take the chaga or not. People have to understand that when you're buying products like these on the market, they really do need to take a step back and see where the products are coming from. It's like anything you buy. It's, it's, it's not just as simple as going and buying something that says Shaga on it. You should find out the source. You should find out the certification, all of that to, you know, to really reap the benefits. And also the other flip side of that, I guess, is if you're just buying Shaga from someone who's not reputable, they may be doing more damage than harm as a whole. So important to note, but I keep pushing back this aspect that I really want to get into. So let's let's dive into the health benefits of the shaga. And then maybe we can talk about, you have another tea that I've been using, but maybe we'll talk about the, the real health benefits of the shaga and a couple of other uh, mushrooms that you're familiar with. Um, you, you know, in the in introduction, we talked about your health and Heather's health and how you've been helped. So maybe we can start at that point and give people an understanding of how shaga can be used through their their daily um, nutrition aspects, their daily nutrition regimes into improving so many aspects of their health. Absolutely. Well, chaga, along with other medicinal mushrooms that uh, are often compared to chaga, like the reishi, lion's mane, cordyceps, uh, they all have very medicinal qualities because, again, they're, they're basically pulling all the phytonutrients from the host trees. And trees themselves are incredibly powerful medicine. Herbs and botanicals uh, have their, their world and the, uh, their role to play, and they, they have their level of, of phytonutrients. But trees are incredibly powerful. They're very long-lived and one of the most uh, potent sources of medicine that has been used over the centuries, and they're incredibly powerful. And these mushrooms that are growing in a natural state, in a natural environment, uh, become very, very powerful because as they're feeding and helping to break down, or in the Chagas case, helping to prolong the life of the tree, they become very concentrated with these tree-based medicines. And in particular, tree-based sterols or steroids in a natural form have a huge impact on the human condition and also the extraction of phytonutrients in a pure bioavailable form uh, become a wonderful source of natural healing uh, vitamins and minerals in its natural state that really help the human condition. So most medicinal mushrooms, uh, and most mushrooms in general, are very rich in vitamin B3 and D, and also a natural source of selenium, which helps to increase white blood cell production, which help to increase our immune system. So a lot of mushrooms uh, have the reputation of being an immune system modulator or helping with the immune system in some cases. Uh, and the chaga and the reishi in particular are known as modulators of the immune system. So chaga has a very strong reputation of helping to boost the immune system to fight off infections, antimicrobial, antibacterial, antifungal. Uh, it helps with removing toxins on a massive scale. So detoxification, which is gentle and safe to take every day, uh, you know, in, in my own case and, and, my, and Heather's case, uh, it really helped to remove the toxins that uh, led, uh, led us to, you know, the, our journey back to better health. It's a natural anti-inflammatory. Uh, so there's a long list of reported uses of, of chaga and other medicinal mushrooms that have a great track record of helping the human condition, uh, helping the body to heal itself in a natural state, and it really helps to restore uh, balance back into the body. And it, most medicinal mushrooms, like the chaga, are known as a very powerful adaptogen. 
We, we take uh, no medications, no supplements. We use strictly food um, to be healthy now. And uh, that's I what I propose, healthy. too. That's excellent. Yeah. And uh, I'm probably healthier than I was uh, 10 years ago. And it's, it's, um, it's a major anti-inflammatory. So I, uh, we mentioned that I, had our, I have arthritis in my hands and feet. And I've been taking Chaga for four years now, and I, I don't have flare-ups anymore in my hands or my toes. And uh, I, I take the tincture and tea religiously every day. And um, two cups of tea are, are perfect a day and a half a teaspoon of tincture to help keep inflammation in check. Well, the inflammation would be directly related to the sterols, I'm assuming. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and, and you mentioned vitamin D is in the chaga because I just had a conversation with a client yesterday um, who is not supplementing with vitamin D, and I said there really isn't a, a food source. And this is a food source, vitamin D? Yes, yes, mushrooms, especially the medicinal mushrooms, uh, especially the ones that grow on trees, are a natural source of vitamin D. If you think, Chag is growing on the birch tree for up to 20 years. It's naturally protecting itself, its outer coating, from a constant exposure of ultraviolet light. It is basically bombarded by UV rays, so part of its genetic makeup or its protective mechanism is to form this black, crusty outer coating, which is very rich in melanin and becomes saturated with vitamin D. And so when we consume the chaga, yeah, it becomes a very rich uh, source of natural uh, D and B vitamins, along with a whole host of other uh, minerals as well, pretty much everything except for A and K in a natural form, making it really a very attractive super multivitamin uh, in a natural form. And that's one of the reasons why chaga in particular is so nutrient-dense because that mushroom lives on the tree for up to 20 years. Its life cycle is much longer than any other medicinal mushroom or any other tree-based mushroom uh, that mycologists know of today. Selenium, too, is a very hard uh, mineral to come by. Selenium is a mineral, correct? Yes. Selenium Um, is very hard to come by, and nature's natural source of selenium is Brazil nuts. Right, yes. Unfortunately, Brazil nuts uh, grown in California uh, are basically devoid of selenium because the the soil is no longer supporting it. It's basically been over-harvested and depleted. And chaga is its natural source. And in a tea form, people, uh, and, and I'm actually, to be perfectly honest, I, I recommend tea all the time, but I actually am just beginning to really get the benefit of drinking teas. They don't, you know, when you have a, a supplement or you have a, a food that tastes bad, but you know it's good for you, you almost feel like the benefits are coming from it. But having a tea that doesn't taste bad, that's a mild tea, I think, I don't know if everyone else is the same, but in my own mind, I'm thinking, you know, okay, this is a tea, it's it's watery, uh, but I, I'm actually starting to appreciate the value of teas. I was in Jamaica, I think I mentioned this a few shows back, and uh, a bushman had turmeric, and I've only had turmeric in its root form or in uh, a powdered form, but he said the best way to have this root is in a tea form. Yes, turmeric and chaga and, and many other medicinals are best extracted using tea, using, basically using hot water. So, you know, think of it as a tonic. You're making a herbal decoction. Now, we call it a tea because that's basically how we, we treat it, like a loose-leaf tea. But what you're really doing is making an herbal decoction or a tonic using the hot water to extract the medicine. And it's important to, to realize that these natural medicines, these forest cures, these forest medicines that we are really referring to, uh, need to be left in their natural state. They cannot be processed. They cannot be boiled. Uh, you're going to destroy all the goodness. You're going to destroy the phytonutrients that are so precious and the, old, and the, the enzymes that are within them. So making a tea or an herbal decoction uh, that's safe and gentle, that leaves everything intact, is how you extract the medicine so your body can still work with it. And that's very important to realize, especially with chaga uh, and turmeric and other natural botanicals as well. The the chaga that I got from you is the clumps. Um, and so I've used them. But I've seen chaga on the, mu- on the mushroom, chaga on the market that is in powdered form, little packets uh, that you can 
almost like an instant coffee idea. Mm-hmm. Are those the same idea, just ground up, or as we grind things oh. up, is it is it more and more a processed food? That becomes a processed food, and that is where uh, people really need to be educated because basically what's happening is to make a freeze-dried or instant chaga, which is, yes, convenient and easy to take, how it's manufactured, which is primarily done in, um, I believe it's in Korea, is they take chaga powder and they boil it for many hours, then they evaporate it, then they uh, freeze-dry it to make it instant. So the boiling process alone is going to destroy most of the, the vitamins and minerals that we talked about. Uh, definitely going to destroy a lot of the superoxide dismutase, which is one of the highly prized enzymes within chaga. Then the process of freeze-drying it will destroy even further constituents. So what you're ending up with is really a, uh, a product that is devoid of its natural state. So yes, it is chaga, but most of the nutrition has been destroyed. So a lot of people are gravitating to something that's easy to take, mm-hmm. but it's really not going to give you the full benefit of the medicine. And as I just mentioned, tree medicines, chaga, natural botanicals need to be left intact in order for your body to absorb the nutrients. They must be really left in a as a pure of a state or a raw state as possible so your body can work with it. Otherwise, you end up with a processed food. And in our opinion... Chaga is uh, part of a solution, a migration to a more natural type of healing. And we're trying to get away from medicinals. We're trying to get away from manufactured and pharmaceuticals Mm -hmm. and capsules and things of that nature. Going to nature to heal means leaving it intact so you can can actually work with it and your body can work with it. Heather, you mentioned a tincture. How is that formulated? What is the base of the tincture? Is it an alcoholic base? Yes, well, it, it is actually uh, called a dual extraction. So we soak um, the powder in a non-GMO organic ethanol, which we have a license to do, and uh, it soaks for over a month. And the alcohol itself pulls different properties from the chaga, and then we make a very concentrated tea, and we combine them together. So we get the um, alcohol down to about 11%, so it's very palatable to take. So a lot of um, a tincture is when you take the, the water uh, extraction and the alcohol extraction and you marry them together. There's a lot of extracts on the market where someone or where people are taking pure ethanol and soaking chaga, and I don't know what kind of chaga, if it's chunk powder or whatever, and they're bottling that. And again, you have to put that in a water uh, because straight ethanol is not safe for anyone. Okay. Now, do you produce your own? Uh, yes, we do. We produce your own. Okay. Um, we we are we are organically organic. certified and Health Canada approved. So it is our formula, it is our recipe, and it's all our ingredients. It's assembled and manufactured in a very sterile Health Canada site approved facility. So part of the um, safety regulations, food safety handling processes are all done um, at a very uh, secure facility. So that's one of the reasons why uh, you know when people start looking for chaga to heal, it has to be done properly, it has to be handled properly, and manufactured properly using the proper ingredients. So that certification is important. Yes. Yes. We we did the organic certification um, a number of years ago now, just because there are a lot of people um, going out to the forest and taking different things that they're thinking is chaga and packaged, and and stores are selling it, and we have gotten phone calls from people who have had adverse effects. Mm -hmm. So when we did the organic certification, we gained a, a great understanding about what that's involved in, and we are um, Canadian certified and uh, USD certified. And when someone is uh, certified, we're responsible. We we are being accountable for what uh, we are bringing to market. Mm-hmm. That's that's very important. Very important for people to understand. We are getting towards the end of the show, and I don't want to um, miss this tea that I bought from you. I want you to explain it to everybody. It's I believe it's the cha- the chaga with the turkey tail, the risha, and the rishi mushroom that I yep. bought. If you could just yep. let us know why you made that formulation. I think we have a couple minutes left, and then I don't want to lose our tip of the day here. But if you could just yep. let people know um, why you put this formulation. I know why. It's written right on your label. But it's a very powerful tea. 
basically chaga and other mushrooms like the turkey tail and the reishi have a very strong uh, capability of strengthening the immune system, alkalining the body, and helping the body to fight off infections and, and also very serious diseases like cancer. Ultimately, turkey tail uh, is very, very good and very well known for helping with prostate and breast cancer. Uh, chaga also has a strong reputation with many different uh, ch- uh, cancers as well, helping to actually shrink tumors. So the reason why we formulated the, uh, the turkey tail and chaga, uh, we call it immunity, is to basically help people with very serious cancers to help basically fight cancer uh, in, in a T form. And the combination of those mushrooms historically, ethnologically been used to fight cancer for many, many centuries. And it's, and it's awesome for me to have that tool because in therapies, many people are not allowed to have any sort of supplementation. So to be able to have food-based products like this is awesome. And it goes into, um, it will be going into protocols that I have because it is so powerful. Um, we are getting again towards the end. I could talk about another hour on this. I find it actually very fascinating. But one thing we didn't talk about, maybe Heather, you can address this, and this will be our tip of the day, and you can close us out, is how you best make this tea. I know that there are certain things you shouldn't do and certain things you should do. So before we get to that, I want to thank you so much, both of you, for joining the show today. Very, very, very informative. And so, Heather, head, head us into the tip of the day with your website and where people can get a hold of your products, and then then tell us how to prepare tea. Okay, we are at www.anandachaga.com. And the best way and the traditional way of preparing chaga tea is a long steeping process. I always tell people, think of it as a vegetable. Do not boil it. You'll destroy the properties in it. So either a pot on the stove, uh, the lowest setting for about an hour or two to make a good concentrate, or you can make a cup of tea, which uh, will a good steep for 20 minutes with hot water in a cup. And uh, you can also use a slow cooker to make a big batch of tea, and you let that steep on your lowest setting for about 24 hours, and then you can start drinking it. Take a cup uh, out and add a cup of water and keep it going until the color um, starts to become clear. And then it's time to change the chaga. Gotta love the slow cooker. That's a quick and easy yeah. way to do it. And you have it cold too, correct? Oh, most definitely. Okay. You can also add things to chaga. Perfect. Perfect. So thank you guys very much. I just want to go over the spelling. Um, I'm having a hard time saying it, so I want to make sure everyone knows how to spell it. So it's www.ann. A-N-D-A, Chaga, C-H-A-G-A dot com. That is correct. And yes. if people if people still aren't getting that, no problem. Just let us know. We'll, we'll point you in the right direction. So thank you, everybody, for joining us today on the Health Hub, and we will talk to you next week. Hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.